That is a classic show. How can you even compare the two? It was the last season of The Americans. I absolutely adored that show. Come on, we need to find some rockets. That was the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard on Sensibly Loud Radio. What's up, guys, and welcome back to Sensibly Loud Radio. It's your main man, J-Mac, here. I'm here joined with Brandon. I'm here with Claire. Good evening, guys. Good evening. Good evening. Claire, nice to have you as a guest on the show. It's nice to be here. Thanks for inviting your wife. Exactly. My wife, Claire, the famous Claire. You were The only other episode you were on was an episode of The Outfielder whenever we were live in Atlanta. Yeah, it's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> no, it wasn't. It was incredible. The nut-to-butt drop is one of the better drops used on the outfielder. Well, I'm glad to know that I'm recognized. Yeah, Thank you. Absolutely recognized. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was one of the first drops that I showed Brandon when we started the show. Oh, yeah. I must have played that thing uh, a couple times on our show, maybe a few times in the outfielder now. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, I'm sure more to come with the new season coming up here. Yeah, it'll make its appearance. Yeah, so glad to have you back, though. It's since Atlanta, so since August, but this is radio, so it's a little bit different. Yeah. Um, we're doing some exciting stuff today. You're here. We're going to talk about our top 10 albums of all time. I'm excited to have a female perspective here. Me too. I'm th- th- I think that's why we wanted somebody different is just for perspective sake. I feel like you and I are going to have a lot in common here. Yeah, I think we'll have a lot in common. And this is something Jess and I have been talking about for a long time doing, not only going over music comprehensively, but having Claire on the podcast mm-hmm. uh, because it would present a different take on things. And I think uh, probably stir the conversation in a more intelligent direction. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> We're not going to talk about big shack dumps this time? Oh, uh, may- well, you never know. You never know if we'll get there or not. <laughs> if somebody's top 10 list, if you're, if you're anybody's top 10 list here includes the Shack album, it, it's over. Yeah. We're shutting this down. But like Space Jam's okay, right? The yeah, soundtrack. well that's yeah. different. Yeah. <laughs> but Shaq had an album himself and it's not good. Yeah, yeah. It's upsetting. The amount of NBA players that have actually tried to rap and and like it just it's shocking. There's a song out right now that has a verse. Oh, it's on Eminem's newest album that has LeBron in it. Interesting. It's not huh. good. Really? <laughs> it's not good at all. Uh just stick to playing basketball. I like I like LeBron just fine, but just stick to playing basketball. Yeah. I know I agree with that. But, uh, yeah, it it's never works out well. There's a great Allen Iverson one, though. Really? Good. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so the holidays are over with. It's uh, just before New Year's right now. College bowl season. we got bowl games going on. JB and I did a, a bowl preview show today. So today I've done a bowl preview show. We recorded a full hour of On the Break. And then yesterday we did the NFL show. So it's it's been hectic times around here lately. Pretty busy, yeah. Yeah. In the midst of everything else that we've got going on, we talked about the new website and all that earlier, but... But right, yeah, a right. lot of that stuff going on too. So big stuff going on and uh, holidays have definitely kept us all busy. Absolutely. So what what did you end up doing for Christmas Eve and all that? So uh, Christmas Eve, we always go to dinner with my mom and uh, sister. And so we kind of went out to dinner and did that. So nobody really wants to cook at home. So that's kind of the idea is just everybody gets out in the way. So we had, went and had a nice steak. Yeah. It was good. It was delicious. And yeah, just nice to be out i feel like now that we live our new home we never venture out so it's yeah. good to, to celebrate with with family so, of course yeah, yeah exactly yeah it's one of those things that 
you know, maybe once upon a time you used, used to like to go out all the time, but yeah. you know, now you got stuff to be responsible for. It's uh and yeah. you know, a nice home to to come to and just get away from everything. Just running a media empire here, no big deal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no big deal. But yeah. uh what about you, man? How was your Christmas Eve? It was great. I uh, I brought like a nice bottle of wine over to my dad's place, and he's like, "Well, I just bought these six new ones." And oh, like, okay. So we had like three or four bottles okay. of wine, okay, uh, throughout the night because we we I got there. Uh, I usually go and, and stay with my parents on Christmas Eve, and then everybody comes over Christmas Day, and they don't live too far from me, maybe about sure. twenty minutes north, and so you know we sat around and you know listened to music and ate you know and drank and then uh he pulled out his guitar and i brought my guitar over and we played over an hour and yeah, oh, yeah. I, I was surprised he, he was able to hang with me for an hour okay and uh i may not play as much as i used to but i i still have my calluses and yeah. so it was fun it was good times nice that's awesome yeah we uh we were actually just talking about that the other day about how i never play my guitar much no, anymore we have i think filled in our one of our spare rooms where you do most of your podcasting, we've got about three guitars and an amplifer that we've. I've never wow. played. I, well, I have you played, have not but not in years. In the new house. Yeah, it just I got. It's one of those things. I so I got used to living in an apartment for so long where I can't play a half stack. Right. And so you know what are you gonna do? And I play my acoustic a little bit, but I just I don't have time to play it much anymore with everything we do. Like, and and the other thing is I feel like for me, and we'll talk about the music aspect here in a couple of minutes because we're gonna dive into these top ten albums, but. For me, it was one of those things where that was always my creative outlet. Well, this is kind of that now. And so it's I don't get the urge to play that often. But we're going to do some musical stuff, I think, uh, at some point in the near future-ish. Ben's been kind of working with some studio stuff for us. So. Yeah, that'd yeah. be fun. What else happened around Christmas? Uh, well, you know, we had all the, the kids over. So both my sisters have three kids each now. And I think both my sisters got married almost around the same time, 10 years ago. And every time... One had a kid, another one had a kid. Yeah. And my little sister had twins uh, wow. around this time last year. So it was, uh, it was a pretty loud Christmas. But, you know, as you get older. <laughs> pretty loud yeah, Christmas. Yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I had to, had to get the, you know, where's the Tylenol? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, We got some real positive response on the ranking the vacation movies oh, last good. time. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah, yeah. We were just talking about that. Yeah, sure. I was pleasantly surprised. Because Claire and I actually talked about that first before I brought that up to you. Yeah. yeah. What did you say? What were you, how did you rank them? Honestly, I don't even remember. I mean, because I like all three of them, but I think, well, my favorite probably is Christmas, just mm-hmm. because you basically introduced me to all of those movies in general. And now I think every Christmas, that's the one movie I say we need to watch is that one. And then I think Vegas is probably my last one. I think I like just the regular vacation, vacation second. one. Second. Second. It's a classic. Yeah. I don't know, though. Eddie's pretty good in the first one with the, yeah. when he Eddie's gives him the white shoes. Yeah. <laughs> White shoes are so great. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, so you had never seen a Christmas Vacation nope. until you met him? Yeah. And it's, you still haven't seen European Vacation, right? No, I've never seen European Vacation. Okay, I own that. We're going to watch that, that soon. We've been looking for movies to watch. That's yeah. what we need to watch. That's true. We'll do that next time. Yeah, okay. that'd be cool. So she definitely needs to see European. It's it's definitely number four on the list. Yeah, yeah. It's but it's, it's funny. Four. But it's, it's just it's still entertaining. You know, it's the same characters, just about. And, yeah. Except for the kids. Except for the kids. Yeah, always always about yeah. But Chevy Chase, you know. Yeah. And his wife. Sure. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's definitely worth watching. But oh man, I don't know. I think the Christmas one 
might be third to me because I love the original and I love Vegas. Vegas is a classic. Oh, it's great. Wayne yeah. Newton is. We, we've already talked about <laughs> this. And Wayne Newton. Yeah, yeah, Wade Newton in that that movie is just so great. Whenever yeah. Eddie pats his hair and everything, it's just it's amazing. So we've been kind of hanging out around the house a ton, obviously during the holiday time, and so we watched a couple of things that we wanted to fill you in on. Okay. So Claire, do you want to talk about the movie we watched the other day first? Yeah, definitely. So this is a movie I had been wanting to see in theaters and just never got around to it. And I honestly didn't think it would be one that Justin would want to go and watch with me. So I never really brought it up, but then we were sitting around the house looking for something to watch and it had just come out pretty recently on DVD and it's the movie, a simple favor. I don't know if oh, yes. seen this it or is heard with, of it. Uh, Blake with Lively. Blake Lively and right. Anna Kendrick. Yeah. yeah, yeah, they were advertising like crazy, and it actually, I think, did pretty well. It did, and um, it actually originally, it's based off of a book. I'd never read the book. The book came out probably about 20 years or so ago. But, I mean, the premise of it, it I guess it's categorized as a thriller. And I really wanted to see it because I'm obsessed with Blake Lively, which I feel like any man or woman <laughs> is obsessed with her equally as much because she's beautiful. She's pretty good. Yeah. So what what was her like claim to fame? What what got her out there? Um, have you ever watched Gossip Girl? Okay, okay. So <laughs> I have one I knew it. such ex girlfriend. Yeah, <laughs> shut up, Liam Neeson lover. So <laughs> I had uh, I'm only saying that because he's away from his microphone right now. But no, there was uh, <laughs> there was a ex girlfriend of mine who kind of was like hey watch these with me so yeah i've seen episodes of that yeah, okay so I she, that's i guess kind of where her claim to fame is and now she's married to ryan reynolds and they're all the relationship goals couple right now sure but right anyway so i wanted to see this movie and so yeah we got into it um a few nights ago and it's it's a thriller and i mean it's based blake lively's character is very mysterious and she goes missing she becomes friends with this other they're both she's a single or she's not a single mom but she's married and has a kid and she meets Anna Kendrick's character, who also has a kid the same age as hers, and um, they meet and basically become friends, and then Blake Lively's character goes missing, and Anna Kendrick's character is trying to figure out what happened. So I don't know. I don't want to give away spoilers or anything. Well, and without giving away spoilers, because it's definitely something I want to watch, because somebody, somebody described it as like Gone Girl meets something that was like a comedy like it was like funny but serious but yes yeah and that's where i mean i think justin and i talked about this too where it's trying to decide it is it going a comedy route a drama route a thriller route it's kind of got yeah. all of those mixed in together i really enjoyed it and yeah i got really good ratings as well and i, I think you liked it too yeah I, I definitely liked it i thought it was it was better than i thought it was going to be but i i didn't have a ton of expectation going into it i i like anna kendrick i like blake lively so i mean i, I didn't really have any problem with it I, I thought it was a good story yeah i mean i can't think of any complaint i really had with it yeah there were times it went on just a little bit long, but it was it was about a two hour long movie, so it, it might have could have been cut down a little bit, but yeah, but not a ton really. Yeah. Oh, the only thing about it was it got a little bit confusing at the end about who was on whose side. Oh, really? It did a whole lot of who's a whatsy switchies, you know, and things like that. And it was like, wait, so who's in cahoots with who here? That kind of thing. Oh, uh, okay, because it was a lot of like what, uh, like intentional type nods. Correct. That, yes. You know, and twists and stuff like that. Uh, almost a little bit, like okay. almost like you know, like. Oh well, I was in cahoots with you, but like actually, you thought that, but I was actually in cahoots with Claire. That kind of thing. So it you sounds know, like, like a game of Clue. A little bit, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it got a little bit convoluted at the very, very end, but okay. but I mean, overall, the story was really good. Yeah. So it's definitely worth your time. Yeah. It's a good movie. The other thing that we watched was actually something that Claire heard about. It's a documentary. Have you ever heard of this? It's called Three Identical Strangers. 
Okay, yeah, I've been seeing a lot of ads on it on uh, CNN or something. Yeah. we have on. Yeah, so work. I think it was made by CNN, right? Was uh, it? Or it's like a production of CNN. I think like I think you're right. Maybe. Yeah, we bought it on Amazon Prime or what? Or rented it on Amazon Prime for like two ninety nine or something. Yeah, but anyway, uh, it's basically about three brothers that were separated at birth and they were all adopted. So they were separated and then they're triplets. Oh, yeah, they're triplets. Yeah, yeah sorry. And so they are all split up, you know, at birth and given to parents or whatever, but they were never told that they had brothers. Okay. And so, long story short, one of them goes to college and the older, or like one of the brothers had been there like the year before or whatever. And like everybody was like, hey man, what's going on? And he was like, I just got here. I don't know who any of these people are. They're like, because he looked just like this guy, you know, and yeah. ends up being his brother. And then they find another one and then they all come together. Well, then they start like wondering about like, why did they not know that they had a brother before? And like the parents, like the parents that adopted them were the ones that kind of asked, started to ask that question of like, why was this not disclosed to us? The fact that they have brothers, that's something that, a, that they should be able to tell an adopted family. I feel like, yeah. right. Anyway, come, come to find out it's all about this whole study that's being run. And they're like, they were observing their behaviors and like, for this whole ex- experiment or whatever. But the craziest part about it is no results of this study were ever released. And like not even these people have seen what findings came up from their like behavioral. Yeah, you well, know. kind of like uh, before and after. I think I took a lot of sociology classes yeah. that talked about this where it was just kind of like how different it is growing up with siblings versus being an only child Correct. and things like that. Yeah, exactly. It's like study around like separating those and like anxiety, you know, separation anxiety, all this. I thought it was super interesting, man. Yeah. The documentary itself was not great. Like, it wasn't told very well, but the story itself I thought was fascinating. What did you think about it? No, I thought it was super, super interesting. And it's one of those things where you can look at it on both sides where, like, honestly, it was extremely messed up. Can you imagine being born and giving up for adoption and having two siblings that, I mean, that are your identical twins? I mean, they, all these siblings, they looked exactly alike. And then they placed them in three different environments at a family that was, you know, your lower class family, a middle class family, and a very well off family. And they observed their behaviors to see basically, is it nature or like nurturing, I guess, versus yeah. nature like, versus na- nurture. Yeah. And just trying to figure out like, are they all good? I don't know. It's just, well, it was very, they're... it was a messed up idea. Like, I understand the premise behind it, but at mm-hmm. the same time, it's just very interesting looking at it at both sides, but I thought the story was very, I mean, I say entertaining <laughs> because it's not, enter- it should not be entertaining, but it's just so interesting, I guess. Yeah, I definitely thought that too. The one thing that was super distracting about it is one of the brothers, he looked just like the guy Jeebs in Men in Black. Remember the guy that they blow his head off and it yeah. regrows? Right, he looked right. just like this guy. <laughs> like That's all I could concentrate on was the fact that he looked like this guy from Men wow. in Black. <laughs> But no, it was it was really good though. It's man. worth a watch. It's like if absolutely, you, if you're watch. bored one day, I well, that that sounds interesting because it seems like nowadays lately there's there's a lot more hypothesis and tests going on about genetic predisposition. I guess is one of yeah. them. So by being genetically predisposed to this is how you're going to react when you hear this sound or right. this is you know that kind of stuff. Yeah. And a lot of them are, that's kind of that nature part of it versus the nurturing part. So, yeah, yeah, that would be interesting to watch just for that. Yeah, so we enjoyed that. I thought it was, like like I said, the documentary was kind of sloppy and it was repetitive at times, but it didn't take away too much from the actual story. You know how those can be. Sometimes the story is just not told well. That's true. And then every now and then you, you get to a point where it's told really well. It's put together really well, so much so you want to watch it over and over again, like we've talked about with a certain documentary. 
Oh, yeah, the Jimmy Iovine one. Yeah. Yeah. Claire, what did you think of the Jimmy Iovine documentary? I liked it's been I feel like it's been too long for me to like remember much yeah. about it's been it. It's a couple years at least, yeah. We're going to rewatch it and do like a review of it on this show cuz we've been mm. we talked about that like almost every episode. Oh yeah. We need to just do it for sure cuz it's a it's a really really interesting like the amount of people he touches as far as musical career. Yeah, that's go. what was in, I think yeah. most interesting to me is just I didn't realize how much of an how many different artists he's been associated yeah, with. Yeah, it's insane. I guess that's a pretty good segue into our top 10 talk. All right, so what we're going to do is we've named, like I said, we named our top 10 albums of all time. Now, I'd like to put a couple of stars on this. I don't know. What, asterisks. How, asterisks, yeah, whatever. So these are top 10 to us. That doesn't mean that we think that it's better than Dark Side of the Moon or whatever the case may be. It's just... These are the top 10 albums that were important to us at different times in our lives. I've got an important question for you. Okay. Do you say hashtag or pound? <laughs> hashtag. Okay. When, when you're talking about a number, what do you call that? Like, if it's on a phone, what do you call that symbol? Pound. Okay. There you go. All right. Just making sure. Where Why? did this come that from? That was so random. Because <laughs> you got star and asterisk mixed up, man. Oh, yeah. well, okay. Okay. Well... <laughs> I think you're thinking too much into it, pal. Uh, um, you know, I just thought it'd be something to ask. <laughs> just checking on me? Trying to see what kind of friend you are. Yeah, I get it. I, <laughs> I'm not sure how that uh, how that really translates, but okay. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> Back at the ranch. So these are different <laughs> albums, like I said, that are specific to different points in time in our lives. And so what we'll do is we will go around the room. We'll name our 10 through 6 first. And then we'll go 5, each of us 4, 3, 2, 1. Good with that? Yes. Okay. Claire, since you're the guest, why don't you start with your 10 through 6? Okay. But like I said, take your time explaining them or whatever you want to, and, and the why. And so what I'll say, I guess, before I dive into this, so I like music. I wouldn't say that I'm the, there are people like you, for instance, who, I don't know, you take, music means I feel like a lot more to you, especially because you, yes. you know, you grew up, you played guitar, you played right. piano, everything. So for me, it was hard. I mean, it was more easy, I guess, to say, to think of my albums because I'm when I am naming off my albums, these are albums that I actually owned okay. that I listened to front and back to where, you know, there are artists out there that I like. I'm what you would say or what if you look at and look at me, I'm probably a basic white bitch. Okay. Just throwing it out there, you Mark know, that. to where I, Mark that. I I'm just saying where, you know, I like a lot of mainstream things, you know. Sure. I like... I mean, I can listen to rap, I can listen to pop, alternative, everything, but it's usually stuff that's on the radio. I'll just leave it at that. So sure. the okay. albums that I've, I've picked mean a lot to me because these are ones that I listen to track one all the way through and there will be ones that aren't popular on the radio, but I just, I love right. the song. So I'll leave it at that. So starting with number 10, this one brings me back to my fifth grade self. Okay. <laughs> I can't wait for this. It was the song of the year. I remember being in elementary school and it was in fifth grade and they sent out a poll to every fifth grader. They wanted to do in the yearbook like a the top song that everyone loved that year, the top movie everyone loved. And sure. I remember putting in this was my favorite song and this became was ranked the favorite song throughout all of my classmates, which was Say My Name by Destiny's Child. <laughs> okay. Okay. Nice. This there was album a time. Again, Destiny's Child, you can you gotta say, okay, number one, they produced Beyonce, who is now yep. who is Queen B. That is true. You know, she's done wonders. And the other two, not so much. But mm -hmm. this album had a lot of good hits to it. Okay. So Say My Name, again, was the best song back then. Do y'all know Jumpin' Jumpin'? The club is Jumpin' Jumpin'? 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It's eleven thirty, and the club is jumping, jumping, or something like that. Ladies, leave your man. At yeah, home. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Bills, bills, bills. <laughs> yep. Bugaboo. I don't remember that one. It was song. I was danced. that a single? I w- I think so. I danced to it in sixth grade when I took dance classes. That was a okay. A big anyway. So they had a lot of good hits. This was an album I physically owned. I don't know where it is today, but. I loved it. They were, you know, when you're in fifth grade and you're a 10-year-old girl looking up to, you know, three beautiful pop singers. It meant a lot to me then. I still know every song on the album. It's like how Brandon feels about Cher. (laughs) How do you feel about Cher? (laughs) Is this something I've discussed? No. I'm just kidding. Oh. Yeah, he just pulled that out of his ass. (laughs) So that's my number 10, okay? Okay. You don't believe in love after love? What? (laughs) Life after love? Yeah. Life after love, yeah. I did, and then Sonny, never mind. Oh, okay. The tree. <laughs> Jumping around a little bit, my number nine. So this is more high school Claire, and this is when I feel like y'all might roll your eyes at this one, but I, there was a time when I was I loved some Fallout Boy. Okay. okay. So this is their album. It's called I, I never knew the album name, but it's called From Under the Cork Tree. Okay, this is one where they have dance dance yep sugar we're going sugar down we're... swinging yep. and i was looking because i was going back through listening to all again this is an album i physically owned listening to all the songs some of the song tracks i wouldn't be, have been able to tell you the name of the song but i know when i was listening to it i knew all of the songs though so a couple of the other songs notable on it I, I wouldn't have been able to tell you the name of the song but i i just remember driving when my sister was visiting a&m to like decide if she wanted to go to school there and remember listening to it on my own portable mm-hmm. CD player, driving down with my mom and sister on a road trip to College Station. Yeah, 10 second anti skip. Yeah, was that a disc man? What? Was that a disc man? Yeah. The portable CD player? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. The shit. Anyways, I listened to that album a lot. That's a good album. Al- okay. I feel like that's kind of basic. No, no, that's all right. I like that. I wouldn't say a lot of their f- later stuff is my favorite, but yeah. that album in particular, I loved. I don't so. have a whole lot of problem with that at all. Okay. All right. Number eight, taking it back a little bit further to. Middle school, late elementary school, Claire. Okay, Ooh, thug life. All right then. <laughs> this is going to be pretty basic. I don't know if y'all were in sinker, Backstreet Boy lovers. Not so much. I was. If I had to pick one, I'd pick in sync over Backstreet Boys. Okay. Even though I did go see Backstreet Boys here a month and a half ago in concert. I I would agree with that statement. I'd say in sync is more talented. Agreed. Yeah. And they have more personality. Yes. Because I can't. Name, but what Joey Fatone off the Backstreet Boys or is he in sync? He is in sync. Okay, yeah. see, I don't <laughs> even know, I don't <laughs> even know okay. a single case in band point. member's name. Yeah. yeah, that's okay. Nick Carter is Backstreet Boys, <laughs> notable. No, okay, you don't know. okay. yeah, I mean, Aaron, I know Aaron Carter's him, yeah. brother. Okay, anyways, Aaron Carter's who I was thinking. Okay, yeah, he, oh, okay, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, anyways, yeah. okay, TRL so, days, man. <laughs> TRL days, TRL. It was oh, hard yeah. for me to pick though, so it's an in sync album, it's going to be my number eight, but the one I picked is probably their least popular it was their last one together it was celebrity okay so this is the one where they have dirty pop yeah so this is the one with the puppets right they had like the music video i think it was for dirty pop where they were like puppets dancing no that's in sync no strings attached oh that's the one where they have like i'm pretty yep. sure yeah we're like this anyways the celebrity album they have dirty pop they have that song girlfriend that nelly kind of came in on okay so <laughs> he was like that <laughs> nelly was not originally on it Okay. You know, it was a remix. When, when, now, do you know which one I'm talking about? I don't know that I do. I feel like I should. I'd probably know it if I heard it. But <laughs> the biggest one is their Dirty Pop song. So the reason I picked this album, because there's their No String Attached album where they have like Bye Bye Bye, It's Gonna Be Me, those that are more popular. But this particular album, again, for some reason, I was obsessed with. I was in seventh grade. And again, I, 
it's more of, maybe it's just road trips that like signify to me yeah. of these albums. But I remember in seventh grade driving, we had a seventh grade field trip where we drove to and spent the night in San Antonio. We visited the Alamo and it was super fun getting to go. It was like a big trip with all of your classmates and friends and getting sure. a hotel room and having so much fun. But again, on my on that bus, listening to this song on repeat on my little disc, whatever Discman. you call it. Yep. Yes. Every single song on that album, I know every single word to. Okay. And I loved it. And again, NSYNC, it's very iconic. Yeah, uh, especially of the time. Yeah, so. I definitely fall on the NSYNC side as well, not Backstreet Boys. But like I said, I did see Backstreet Boys and they were great. But NSYNC for, through and through for yeah, me. Yeah, for sure. Um, How can you go wrong with Justin Timberlake? <laughs> all right, leading into my number seven. My man, Justin Timberlake. Okay. Okay. So oh, shit. Collecting Justins over here. I see how it is. <laughs> so just very, no- again. You're number one. Mm. Debatable. <laughs> very debatable. Depends on the day. It depends on the day <laughs> and the mood I'm in. Mm, debatable. And what you've, what you've done that day. Correct. So, um, <laughs> so. At least I didn't eat like 27 Oreos in a day. Uh, That's I love true. this so much. So, again, Justin Timberlake, again, when you're a girl in middle school and he's in NSYNC and he's just the most attractive man in the world to you at that point. And, sure. t- and today, he's, I a still, he's, he's a good looking guy and he's yeah. made a very notable career of himself. Right. So an album. And again, I was in high school when this one came out, when he started, he went solo when I was still in middle school, but his, okay. his album that came out in, in high school, I was a junior. It was his future sex love sounds. Oh yeah. Album. It's a good album. Uh, 2006. 2006 yeah. is when it came out. Pretty yeah. Good. It was, I mean, that's one sexy back. My love. There's lots of other. Again, My love is great. There, yeah. I've heard some yeah. great like acoustic renditions of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every single song on that album, not even the ones that are popular on the radio, I knew and listened to it over and over and Have over. Have you seen again. him live? No, and I want to. I he sits here in January. Yeah, I, I went to that. It was excellent. Wait, I thought he was coming this January. Was he already been here before? He was oh, yeah, here earlier this year. Yeah, yeah he was here he's earlier doing this year. He's coming tour. in next month, I know. Oh, wow. But tickets are just oh, yeah. outrageous. Insane. We paid so. a lot just to go to that one, yeah. See, yeah. I didn't really jump on the Justin Timberlake solo train until like much later into the 2020 experience. But then I went yeah. back and appreciated all that yeah. later. And I like the 2020 experience. The first half of that album was incredible. Yeah, the uh, second half was, really falls off. Yeah, the yeah. second half fell but off. The first but, half, but, I was like, okay, yeah, I like this is the way this is going. Yeah, the second half had some good stuff on it, but it didn't have as much good stuff as the first one did. I just yeah. feel like lyrically, Future Sex Love sounds is superior to 2020. Yeah, probably so. At least the first half. I again, it's one of those again. I could still listen to it today, and it's still. It goes just as hard for me as it did in 2006. Yeah. He so. goes hard, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. All right. So lastly, my number six. So this is me getting into, I'd say, maybe my more alternative stage. Me, okay. But this, I wouldn't classify them as alternative. But I can thank my ex-boyfriend for actually introducing me to this band. The one good thing he did. Okay. <laughs> Shout out to you're, the ex. Yeah. Pretty good. <laughs> you don't worry. You're much better. But... <laughs> <laughs> but this is not a band that I don't think I would have ever listened to or ever heard of if he had not introduced me to them. And that band is Anne Berlin, which is not, again, because I think they're technically they're like Christian kind of yeah. rock-ish. But this is an album, again, I can listen to even today, and it still holds up, and it's their album, Cities. Okay. I don't know if... Because I know, I, I've talked to you about it, and you know who Anne Berlin is, but, and I don't oh, even I know if you know of their albums. who they are. I, I don't, but I grew up on the DC Talks and the, you know, PODs and stuff like that. So, again, this is, is an album, and again, it's, it's one of those that's not, I feel like most people maybe don't know 
well, know who they are. I don't know. But a lot of the songs, and again, they're a lot more, they're very, ch- they're chill, but also they have songs that are very mellow, but songs that are also, they've got a lot of energy to them yeah. too. And the lead singer's voice is very unique, which very I think unique. is why I like it so much is because you just don't hear people like that. Yeah. So I I like Amberlynn a lot too, but I was more on board with them on their uh, Blueprints for the Black Market album and then their Never Take Friendship personal albums. Those were two albums before that. Yeah. They're very like Life great. Uh, they're no. This is no. Amberlynn. I know, but you're saying like what are, what are no? They like? So they're very like racy punk almost. Oh, but, racy punk. Okay. But they're <laughs> in like a drop okay. D key at yeah. the at the very highest at all points in time. Really? They'll even move down to an E key and roll in in like a melodic D I minor see. and stuff like that. Interesting. Yeah, they they do a lot of like really really like dark tones, and his voice, kind of to Claire's point, is very unique. And it's, I don't know how to describe it. There's nobody yeah. else I've ever heard really like it specifically. You almost just have to hear it, but it's, he can do a lot with it. And mm-hmm. they, they always did a lot of really, like, they were able to do the hard, racy rock stuff, the acoustic stuff, and it translated really well across all mediums. But they always wrote in those melodic keys, and I think that's why, is they have just very good, almost like an Egyptian kind of feel to it, a little bit of like a magic carpet type of thing. Yeah. It has that flow. kind of like yeah, yeah. feel like in those melodic keys. Almost like Breaking Benjamin kind of keys. Gotcha. Like that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. But they're really good, man. They're, they're like I said, they're a little bit more on the punk rock side. Yeah. Yeah. But anyways, those okay, are Okay, so that's your top those are your uh, ten through six. I like it. Yes. That was good. Do you want to go really next good. or you want me to? Go ahead. All right. There are a couple albums I have that you probably won't recognize. You more than likely will. If if you don't know them specifically, you'll know at least of them. Okay. Okay. But there's nothing that's like too crazy. So I'm going to start off with number 10. Number 10 for me is Lil Wayne's The Carter 3. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the Carter 3 was an incredible rap album. Lil Wayne is he's different now. He got way too into doing lean and he's just too lazy and he just sounds like like he, he like even when he goes hard, he doesn't sound like he goes as hard like he did when he was young. What's, I, what's on The Carter 3? So I'll, I'll get there in a okay. second. This album was I mean, the Carter 1 and 2 were really damn good, but this album is what threw him over the top. So this album had uh, Mr. Carter on it. Okay, yeah. A Millie. Yes. It had Comfortable. It had Dr. Carter. It had Mrs. Officer. Mm-hmm. It had Let the Beat Build. It had Lollipop. You ain't got nothing. It had some gems on it. And every single one great, of these albums, yeah. or these songs, he goes absolutely ballistic in. Let the Beat Build is the most anxious the song will ever make you because he just keeps drawing it out and wants the beat to come in dude it goes like three minutes before the beat drops and it is unbelievably hard to listen to but it's so good because you're just like when it gets there it's gonna be fucking awesome so it's like a really good one for listening to a nice pair of headphones on yes not really something you want to listen to when you're like getting anxious in traffic correct like driving (laughs) back through like back i always think of it like so this album was out you know, during times when I was going back and forth from college, and I just think about, you know, being out on the open highway and just listening to this album. And this album just had so much energy, so much just uniqueness to it. There was nobody like Wayne when he first came out. Birdman made Wayne what he is, but there was nobody like him. And there's arguably still nobody like him, specifically. He just, I don't think he's one of those rappers, unfortunately, that can't hold his own stuff anymore. But when he shows up in somebody else's stuff, he's really damn good. Drake is almost on that that plane for me, unfortunately. But that's another conversation for another day. <laughs> All right, so that's my number 10. Good one. The next one is a complete departure 180 from that. 
you'll be familiar with songs on this album, or maybe a song on this album, but you won't be familiar with most of the album. Okay. This one is number nine is Elton John Madman Across the Water. Ooh. Madman Across the Water has Tiny Dancer on it. Okay. Well, if you don't uh, know that song, where have you been? Right. Exactly. I mean, that's one of the more iconic songs of our probably our parents' generation. But yeah. this song or this whole album is so transcendent amongst. Like I've connected with this album on so many different times in my life. It has the song Leave On on it, Razor Face, Madman Across the Water. There's a song called Indian Sunset that he does that's like it's like a 12-minute rock opera with piano and just all kinds of different builds and, you know, transitions and everything. All of his old stuff like that. Uh, you listen to this album, you listen to Goodbye Yellow Brick Road. That's a really good album that had Benny and the Jets on it, Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, Daniel, your song, a lot of those. Those are just masterpieces of art. And there's nobody else like Elton John either. And this could this this was on my list. This was one of the very first albums I thought of. I know we looked into tickets because I know he was here just a, like last week. Insanely, when we were talking about Justin Timberlake tickets being expensive, they don't doesn't even come close. Oh yeah, to how thousands of dollars. Yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Oh, easily. Yeah. yeah, and it was just to sit close. Ex- yeah. Not not even to sit close. It yeah, like even nosebleeds. Yeah, for nosebleeds, it was ridiculous. Yeah, but yeah. So I mean, he's. Elton John's a legend. I love almost every one of his albums from about 1964 to about 75, 76. He got into like the 80s, you know, synthesizer stuff as he kind of went on and that sucked. But yeah, he's a prime example of an artist that was much, much, much better whenever they did drugs. <laughs> Period. Yeah, yeah, there are there are those artists out there. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Like and Bernie Taupin wrote most of his songs for him. So I mean he wrote the piano, but like yeah. All I mean, the lyrics and all that he, Bernie Taupin wrote. Not to not to take away with some of the modern stuff he did, but a lot of it was like more of the heartfelt stuff. Correct. Like when Princess died, you know, passed away. Yeah. And, you know, he has a lot of range, but he was one of the most creative arranged. Like an, he, the way he arranges music is just unlike any other. Yeah. I mean, you listen to songs like Benny and the Jets; they're so ahead of their time. That was like night, like. The Benny and the Jets, if you look at it, was like a song that should have been in like 1988 or something like that. When was it? Like 72, something Mm -hmm. like that. That was Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, so whatever album that was. That was probably 72, 74, something like that. Anytime I hear that Benny and the Jets song, do you remember that movie I made you watch and all that movie 27 Dresses? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah? Do you remember? Well, vaguely, I don't really remember that that being in it. Do you remember all the movies? (laughs) (laughs) No, but that is the most, if you ask any girl about that movie, the one scene that they will all say is the scene where they are getting drunk in the bar and singing Benny and the Jets and they get up on the bar and are dancing and they don't know the lyrics and they say, I don't even know what the actual line is, but they kept saying, she's got electric electric boobs. <laughs> but I don't know what the actual line in the song is. Electric boots. Okay, but they, they keep saying electric boobs. By the way, uh, so I said it was between 72 and 74, 1973. Oh, well, there you go. Killed it. <laughs> yeah, I know my Elton John history. What of it? <laughs> All right, so moving on, we're going to take another turn in a different direction entirely. This album is one of my favorite rap albums out there for several different reasons. Number eight comes in with Drake's Thank Me Later. This album came out. It was incredibly unique. It was different. There was nothing else like this at the time. I remember listening to it the first time thinking, just like, what the hell is this? Because we lived in such a time that was like so full of things like Lil John and Lil Wayne and stuff like that, and it was just the first like R and B slash rap album that was really out there. And Take Care was kind of the follow up to this album, and it was really really good. Um, and it had a lot of good features, and the arrangement was really good. But 
This one specifically, Drake's breakthrough album came out in 2010. Uh, it was at a kind of a transitional period in my life. It was actually right around when I met you that this like really became popular. Probably a little bit earlier in the year than that, but it yeah. was really hitting hard for me not too long after that. And it's just always an album that I just it think. It, I mean, if it makes me think of you, my wife, then it's back to the you know yeah. those times. So to get mushy for a second, that's kind of where that takes how me back cute. is the beginning of our Aww. relationship. And just how different this album was, though. And uh, yeah. he had an, a mixtape right before this called "So Far Gone" that had like Houston, Atlanta, Vegas, and all those songs on it. Incredible music for that time. So this followed up comeback season. That was his mixtape. Really, really solid album overall. Very nice. Next, number seven. We have Matchbox 20, Yourself and Someone Like You. Great one. This is the album with Push, 3 a.m., Real World, all that. That was a, well, it's not on my list, but it was a very close to being An on my list. An honorable mention? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Again, Rob Thomas, mm-hmm. better when doing drugs. Yep. <laughs> no doubt about it. And... This was at a time when we were kind of coming out of like the third eye blind type of phase. We were kind of, actually we were kind of right probably knee deep into that right about that time. Yeah. This album just when Push came out, I feel like that just threw them on the map. And they haven't been off the map. Rob Thomas hadn't been off the map since then. Yeah. I don't know. I, I just I think this album holds up better. I love 3 AM. That's a classic song. And Real World is just my absolute jam. I mean, so yeah, my older sister had this album. This when I where I first heard it was coming from her bedroom. I'm like, what is that? Yeah. And then of course, you know, music videos everywhere back when music videos were a thing. Oh yeah. Uh it really just encap- encapsulates like the nineties at that time, you know. It really does, man. And like the way that this album opened with Real World and it, it starts off with those power guitars and those big chords and all that. It just it's very racy feeling and it's it's good, man. I love this album. That was uh number seven for me. So number six, to cap off my 10 through six, this one you won't be familiar with. You might be. But number six for me is Jackson Brown, Late for the Sky. Very nice, yeah. This album came out in uh, 1973. And this was one of the first albums that my dad introduced me to. This is one of the first, first albums I can really remember listening to in life. And we were talking earlier about how I look at music a little bit differently than like you do, for example. And mm-hmm. I just, I think a little bit more into it. And I, I, we've been talking about this, Brandon, for years about our, that, that's probably one of the first things that we really became friends over was right. the beauty in music and, and what it can mean to the soul. And it, it's, it's very, for me, it's very soothing. And so when I think about this album being, you know, being one of the first influential albums in my life, this is one that I always go back to, and it's it literally during some of the hardest times in my life when I've struggled or when I've needed the most support, and I haven't I've turned to music. This is one of the albums that comes up, and it's kind of funny because there was a transition time in my life again whenever I lost my father, and I'd gone out to see uh, Sam actually, and I was I just remember listening to this album sitting out on the balcony, and it was just it just had the most harmonious feel to it, yeah, and. It just this album fundamentally changed how I look at music, and I can't get get past that. So, "Late for the Sky," Jackson Brown, number six. Also, the very first person I ever saw in concert was Jackson Brown. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Wow. Where was that at? Uh, that was actually at the Forum in L.A. Oh, in L.A. of all places. I was <laughs> yeah. going to guess San Francisco. But... Well, my they, he was playing in L.A. and my dad t- my dad and I drove down and saw him. I was really young. Gotcha. Yeah, it was wild though. I wish I, it's one of those things I wish I would have been a little bit older so I would have been able to enjoy it a little bit more. Appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. So that's my 10 through 6. Nice, nice. 
All right, your turn, pal. Yeah, I would say uh, so. Mine's a little diverse, uh, and it's hard to it's hard to really get the rankings down when you get towards the top. It's just like is that. it? You're telling so, me. Ten through six. Uh, Full Moon Fever by Tom Petty. Uh, this was an album that you know this came out in the late '80s, and growing up, you know, as far as I can remember, being four or five, I remember it coming on the radio and just hearing Free Fallen and all these songs, these great songs that are on it. And, uh, you know, I believe this is his first uh, solo single that came out, uh, which he actually uh, was produced by Jimmy Iovine on. And it was just one of those that, you know, I connect to that album with my dad and my uncle in so many ways. You know, Tom Petty music was just always on. So that really kind of has a a strong, you know, memory um, for me as a kid. Um, Were you ever able to see him in concert? I never was. That's a good question, yeah. Well, that's I, a big regret that Claire and I have is that we had the opportunity to buy tickets last year and we didn't. Yeah. They were expensive and we... Oh, yeah. Yeah, we had just bought our house and stuff. We just weren't, you know, we weren't in a position to spend a bunch of money on concert tickets. Yeah. I'm really pissed at myself for that. Yeah. <laughs> Be honest with you. Same here, man, because it's like, I was always like, well, you know, there's always next to her because he tours all the time. Right. Or used to, you know. And it's it's a shame, you know. It really is. But, uh, okay, that's a good 10. Yeah. Uh, number nine is Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Ooh, boy. Yeah. We're, were we talking about Dark Side of the Moon right before we started recording? I don't I think, think so. We, I, I mentioned Dark you Side of the Moon. You did mention, I don't did know. Did you? Yeah, I definitely okay. <laughs> yeah. mentioned okay. Dark Side of the Moon earlier. Okay. Tell me more. Yeah. So, Pink Floyd. So this, you know, obviously you've heard the singles and and my experience was, of course, uh, finding the old music videos for the songs and all that that came out. Oh, yeah. But a friend of mine had it on LP and listening to the record, you know, obviously you're not able to skip tracks. Mm-hmm. But having that playing in the background when I was younger, playing Nintendo 64 or whatever we were playing, uh, I remember hearing it for the first time. And it's just hearing that cohesively and just because they're really good speakers, you really have to have good speakers, hearing kind of like the three-dimensional aspect. Mm-hmm. So sonically, this album just really kind of captured my attention of what you can do with sound and music. Yeah. And uh, on top of that, some really kick-ass songs on there. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Next. Uh, the next one up, um, I was going to mention, <laughs> this was probably when I started getting into more of a, uh, oh, there's Dave, another sort of band that I was listening to when I was like kind of getting a little, you know, into my, my preteen years was sure. uh, Garbage. Okay. So the, garbage. Yeah, okay. garbage. So yeah. the 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 self titled album, uh, okay. Garbage, the very first one, which yep. just hit an anniversary recently. Pretty good. That was one that just there weren't very many rock females, you know, at the, at the time to to listen to that kind of like spoke to sort of that angsty feeling of the oh, yeah. the nineties, and you know, well, screw my parents, and I'm gonna do whatever I want, you know, that type of thing. But um, Dude, Shirley Manson was awesome. Oh, straight. Yeah. And I still remember when. When we were valet drivers, I got to park this really sweet like 911 Turbo, black, everything. Mm-hmm. And they had, I only, I'm only happy when it rains. It was like cranked up when I got <laughs> in. And I'm like, no, I'm going to leave that. Yeah, I'm going to leave that. When I went to park it, yeah. Absolutely. Had the windows down. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Hell yeah. Yep. Nice. Okay. Yeah. I like that. Uh, next up is Under the Table and Dreaming by Dave Matthews Band. Ooh, that's a good album. Yeah. That was... I had heard a lot of the songs, you know, for the first time on on radio. And at first, actually, I didn't really like DMB. I, I'm like, what is with this band, and why are they named after one dude in the band? Right. Yeah. It always pissed me off. It was just something yeah. about it. I'm like, I don't get yeah. it. 
And I, I kind of thought he was a douche, but, you know, but I didn't know much. You know, it's all face value judging a book by its cover. Sure. And uh, they didn't really have a whole lot of, like, stuff out there. But that album really spoke to me in terms of just that vintage uh, D&B sound and really kind of got me interested into wanting to play guitar. Okay. Um, after a friend of mine just sat me down and was like, no, you got to listen to this. Yeah, and sometimes you kind of need that, like, no, no, you got to do this. Right. You need that little push. Because not only is there, like, you know, the poppy stuff you hear on the radio, but there's a lot of dark, moody-type stuff. And, right. you know, kind of like what you guys were hinting at earlier, there's a lot of, like, melodic, minor-scale type yeah. stuff out there that they didn't play on the radio. And a lot, of the, mm-hmm. a lot of the bands that I'm into, just like you and probably like Claire is, is you're you're a fan of the stuff that really isn't on the radio. The, the radio stuff's fun, but it's just kind of fluffy versus the... The deep stuff. I think that's the opposite of what Claire is. Oh, right really? Now. I think that's what she said earlier. <laughs> Claire's all <laughs> about okay. having a fun time. Yeah. yeah, no, but that's 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 you have and me. A fun to a tea, time though. in traffic to work. Oh yeah, yeah. That's you and me to a T though. Yeah, Just digging yeah. through those. Right. Okay. What's next? Uh, let's see. So that is. So I just got one. Uh, so the ne- next up will be 2005 album with Teeth by Nine Inch Nails. Hell yeah, that's a good album. That's probably my favorite Nine Inch Nails album. Yeah, and I I can I I can agree with that because sometimes I go back and forth with it. But they were, that was the first Nine Shells album where they got away from all these. There were still a lot of layers, but there was a lot of uh, live percussion on it. Yeah. And I'm sure we've talked about this. There's a couple songs in which Dave Grohl uh, did the live drumming on several of those songs. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I forgot about that yeah. entirely. Yep. So when it came out, I was already a fan of Nine Shells, but when it came out, it was so different because it was, it was a lot of piano and a lot of drums and a lot of bass, but not a whole lot of the other stuff. But, you know, it's it's a real personal album for Trent, and I think that's why I related to it. And it's just about, you know, letting go of some things that maybe you shouldn't be holding on to type thing and focusing on the better side of life rather than stuff that gets you down. Yeah, definitely, man. That's a really – that like I said, that's always been my favorite album of theirs. Um, I can't imagine that Claire has a favorite Nine Inch Nails album. Um, I was about to just say basic white bitch here. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Again, I've heard of Nine Inch Nails, but I – could not tell you one song. If you tell me a name of a song and played it for me, I might be able. Yeah, I just I could not tell you one. Well, and that's the thing though. Song. That's the thing about Trent Reznor though is that they've never wanted to be mainstream, and they're not well, by any means. But like, I is can, there a, a like if there was one famous song, sure. is there one? Well, there's two. Okay, uh, one is closer. And it's about closer to God. I want to fuck you like an animal. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. There the only go. way yeah, I know, the reason I know that right, song is because, because it was mashed up, right? Well, that, but I just remember hearing it. So there's a bar in New Orleans called the Cat's Meow. Yes. Oh, God. Yeah. And I've, I was I at a bachelorette place. party. And, <laughs> and one of the, the girls on the bachelorette party got up there. And that was the song she was singing. And it was, I was just, my, I think my eyeballs were enormous on my face because she was up there (laughs) thrusting and grinding and i was just it was so epic and i I didn't realize that was nine inch nails so okay thank you there you go Uh, that's a great memory to tie the song to yeah Yeah. i mean it's always something people say it's sex but that's even better that's funny uh the other song would be hurt uh johnny cash ended up doing a cover of this it became that whole music video where it showed his wife and it shows him really old and he's just it's very somber Oh. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yep. Okay. Yeah, that was towards the end of his life, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, it became so powerful and so big that a lot of people didn't recognize that. Well, Trent and Nine Inch Nails actually Wrote made that, that song and, yeah. and and recorded it. Yeah. But I even even happened. Trent, well, Trent loves that it happened. At first, he was like, 
not knowing what to do because it's like someone stealing something of his. Yeah. But he was in tears by the end of it. I yeah. Mean, how can you not be? Well, it's Johnny Cash, too. Yeah. All right. So we're you're good. So that's your 10 through 6, right? Yep. All right. So, Claire, do you want to start off with number five? We're going to go roundtable number five now. Sure. Again, bringing it back to high school Claire and me and my... I don't know exactly the genre you would categorize this band in, but it is Yellow Card. Okay. It okay. is Ocean Avenue. Yep. It's a good album. And again, this is an album that I know every single song to, and I can appreciate every single one differently, I think, than all the others. And I think the reason I like this so much, too, is just I like the, I guess, the variety of instruments mm-hmm. that they use. And just, the violin. I guess the, the violin band. is the, the most notable one. And I just, of course. I don't know. It's just I think they're so very, very talented. And again, I don't know that I know another Yellow Card album. Yeah. I really don't know if I do. And this is just one. I don't know if it was just extremely popular across all people my age. At it that was. It got really, time. really pop popular. Like um, poppy. Yeah. Because I guess, I mean, the song Ocean Some Avenue. Some of it was bass driven. Like, there's a breakdown in Ocean Avenue that... Dun, 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 yeah. Dun, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. No, it was dun, definitely dun, punk yeah. rock. Yeah, yeah, but it was yeah, pop yeah. punk yeah. with violin. Right. Yeah. But um, again, yeah, every I mean, Ocean Avenue obviously is the famous one, and then Way Away is, I guess, another mainstream. I'm trying to think of the ones that were like really popular, the popular only ones. One. Only yeah, that one was yeah, Ocean Avenue, yeah, only miles one. apart. Believe, I mean, they had a, every single song on there. Again, I I know everything too, and it's just again, it brings me back. To, I guess my freshman and sophomore year of high school is around the time this came out. So see, I was more of a fan of Yellow Card earlier that tends to be the story with me um before ocean avenue even came out they had an album called one for the kids the underdog ep um all really really good albums that kind of predated that that were very almost a little bit darker in tone but still really really good yeah. it's usually uh, before the band signs the big contract oh that with the absolutely money band oh yeah that's exactly sells out quote unquote yeah because yeah. <laughs> i loved ocean avenue when it first came out but it got real on my nerves real fast because of how popular it got I can get I, I know, I'm just that guy. I but, know. I mean, again, I can <laughs> listen to it today, it. and it's still, again. Oh, no. And, and, like, it's one of those things. Now I put it on, and I love it. I'm yeah. fine with it. But it's just at the time, it annoyed me because it got too popular. Yeah. Ben and I both have that syndrome. Sucks. All right. What's your number five? <laughs> oh, you already, you doing yours? I can. It doesn't matter. Oh, well, okay. I'm That's fine. To be yeah, I'll do my stuff. number five. Uh, my number five is uh, Joshua Tree by U2. Hell, yeah. It's a good album. Uh, I'm not a big U2 guy, but that's a good album. You know, I was for a few, well, a certain amount of years. But my cousin, uh, my older cousin, who looks very similar to me, um, he he's just a huge U2 album. Him and, okay. and The Boss and all that. And that's kind of what got me into hearing what U2 is. And then, of course, um, you know, just going through that album, just every song that's on there, it just really, it's cinematic almost, you know. You know me, I don't like... The thing I don't like about U2 is simply that they're too... I don't like a lot of effects on guitars and stuff like that. I like right. real natural, raw guitars. Yeah, you're not going to have like 20 modulators. Like yeah, that. and yeah. like that's their thing, and that's cool. They do it well. Sure. It's just that's not my thing, and I don't like yeah. it. Well, that's like totally that. the edge. That's that's If yeah. the edge wasn't in the band, it would have a totally different sound. Yeah. yeah, which makes it transcendent. It just surprises me sometimes that their sound still transcends past the 80s. Yeah. You know, good album. Okay, so my number five is Blink-182, Enema of the State. That album's incredible. So I went through a pretty big punk stage earlier on in life, probably beginning of high school, uh, pretty much throughout most of high school, I would say, in general. Um, But this album just defined our, like, teen years. 
I mean, oh, yeah. this had all the small things on it, which I actually don't like that song that much. That's like one of my least favorite songs yeah, on that album. Yeah, what's the but, single, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're like well, how that's I where the singles are just kind of like, yeah, they're fine. Yeah. What's My Age yeah. Again is an incredible song, though. Yeah. Aliens Exist is incredible. Um, Windy Clear is awesome. Mutt was amazing. They used all that, a lot of that music in uh, the original American Pie movie. Oh. Yeah, so they did a lot yep. of that. The they They were actually in that movie. Did you know that? Like no. when eighty two was? Yeah, so there's a scene. Remember whenever uh, they start live streaming the girl taking her, her oh, clothes yeah. off and God, stuff? It's been and years. Yeah, but they're that. all like sent to the computer and there's like some guys watching and it's bl- literally Blink-182 staying there like, whoa. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> okay. then like the next song is like is Jason Biggs running to her ha- to his house or whatever. So uh, anyway, Enema of the State, definitely a top five album. All right, Claire, number four. All right, number four. So this... This album meant a lot to me, um, and it was one, I think, that kind of diverted me towards more of my punk stage or my alternative stage, and this is a band that I've actually met several times, and I have autographs from, and I have a, a framed a framed autograph from them that is still at my parents' house today, but that band is Bowling for Soup. Hell yeah. Um, Denton's very own. You got Denton's this guy's very own. <laughs> so I first heard about Bowling for Soup. Again, I think I was in sixth grade, and it was one of my my friends. Um, I don't know how she – I mean, she was a basic white bitch, too. So I don't know how she heard <laughs> heard of Bowling for Soup. Back. But um, got me on board with it. Wait, what? I don't, a yak back. <laughs> um, That's what everybody had in grade school, man. So <laughs> I became obsessed with them, and um, what an obscure reference. I still like a lot of <laughs> their albums, but this album in particular is "Drunk Enough to Dance." Hell yeah, this that's is a great the album. one where they had "Girl, Girl, the Bad Guys Want" is like their famous song. Yeah, and I mean, this is one again. Every single song on the album, I just I love through and through. And I saw them, so I think I've seen them a total of three or four times. I've met them twice. All really chill guys i think justin i think you've you've met them maybe even drank with them before uh, i don't yeah. know i definitely got wasted uh, with those guys <laughs> one time before but and i again just amazing performers they're ones that i remember being at the concert and they're ones that like they truly appreciated the crowd that was there took the time to talk to you were funny and again i was you know 13 and what did i know but it just i was like my first big concert to be to go to and it was they were just incredible and i had know their t-shirts you know we were those stupid fangirls that had signs like look at me look at me um they got glitter on them (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah and i just they were again that that album and just them in general pointed me i think more towards my i don't know if you categorize them as punk Punk punkish punkish i don't know but okay um, i see the vision so that's my number four i'm surprised it's that high i thought it would have been top three for you like albums Again, getting into the top top yeah, ones. Yeah, it gets it, hard. It, I it know it gets hard. So, yeah. all right, what's yours next? Uh, mine is uh, I couldn't really figure out what album, so I re- went ahead and just said uh, "Greatest Hits" by Leonard Skinner. Ooh, that's a cheap shot, but yeah, I'll let I'll, I'll allow it. Well, the reason for that is that you know it was like early '90s, I think, when that came out on CD, mm-hmm. and my dad already had the LPs and stuff, but we were listening to it a lot more. My dad is a huge Leonard Skinner fan, but my both par- both my parents are. They graduated in '75, so the Freebird was, of course, their you know school song stuff. But, oh yeah, but yeah, there were so many road trips where that was playing, and you know Tuesday's Gone, and sure. and all the other songs. And so I actually took my parents for the first time to see them in concert this time last year. Oh yeah, it was great. Nice. Okay, so I guess I'm up next then, right? Yeah. Yep. All right. So my number four again, we're taking a drastic turn, is uh, Dr. Dre's The Chronic. 
Okay. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's one of the best rap albums that's ever been made. Uh, Dre is my absolute favorite producer. It's not even close to, to a contest, I would say. This album was his first solo album out of NWA. And you listen to this album now, it could sell a million copies today. It's oh, so damn good. I agree. It's timeless. Uh, Snoop was 18 years old on it, and he sounds just about the same way he does now. Very seasoned. Yeah. He, very seasoned, yeah. And he just he has a flow that's unlike anybody else's. Dre's production on this was great. There's, I don't know if there's ever been a, anybody that's come out of a group that's put out a solo album that's as good as this. It's, it proves that Dre's the driving force behind so many different acts. I mean, he's you know he founded Interscope Records with Jimmy Iovine. He has his own label. He knows you know he's responsible for bands like Eminem, Fifty Cent. I mean, he's he, he's timeless. I mean, and think about the Chronic two thousand one with Forgot About Dre and the next episode and all that. Those that album's killer too. Yep. He never misses, but he doesn't put out albums very often because of that. Dr. Dre, The Chronic, number four for me. All right, Claire, number three. Number three. Okay. So this, again, we're getting into to top three. It makes it difficult to choose, but the, my number three that landed is um, an artist who, again, I think holds up from her starting out to where she is today. I mean, her career can only... There's, there's, I feel like nobody else right now that is like at the top of their career like she is, and that artist is Taylor Swift. So again, when she first came about, and I think I relate to her very much because we're the same age, or she's a little bit younger than me. Mm-hmm. And she started coming out when she was, you know, fifteen or sixteen years old was when she first came out. And so I know, obviously, she's started off as country, mm-hmm. and now she's basically one of the biggest pop stars in the entire. World. I mean, yeah, arguably, she's yeah, huge. Um, there's not anybody walking around that has not heard her name. So correct. the album that I think hits most home to me with her is when she was still kind of in her country stage and is getting on the verge of becoming more on the pop side of things. That album is Fearless, which came out when I was in college. I think I was a, a sophomore or so in college. This was 2008. So this is her album where she has the You Belong With Me. I don't know how much y'all actually know much about Taylor Swift. I don't or, know a lot of her songs specifically. Well, a lot of her very, very popular, famous songs come off of this album. So tell, tell me some more of the ones. So... Fearless. Well, the name of the album is yeah. Fearless, and Fearless I like I know is that a, one or know the top that. one. Yeah. You Belong With Me, okay. Love Story. Love Story I Know Of. Forever and Always, 15, The Best Day. Oh, 15, yeah. Yeah, I know that one. So, anyways, this was, she was still kind of had her country edge to her, which was my more favorite Taylor Swift. I like Taylor Swift now, but mm-hmm. I liked her more when she was still kind of... Authentic? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. and again, I still think she is very... She's one of those people that I think is she's a great role model for kids. She's very she's never gotten into any kind of trouble. Any I mean, the biggest thing people can say about her is all she writes song about is boys. And she she's how write her own well, songs, right? Yes, she does. As far as I know, she does. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, yeah, she does. She just I, I'd say besides that, she gets a little catty, like she has these beefs with the other divas yeah. out there, but whatever. Yes. But of any of the, the top pop stars today, like you think of your Ariana Grande's, your Nicki Minaj, your, I don't say she's pop, but like you think she of is. like, Target you know, yeah. I mean, she's, I still think the most true to herself out of all those. And I, so I have a lot of mad respect for her in this album. I just appreciate it. It's kind of hard so. for me to think that though, whenever she like changed music genres, I don't know if that's really being true to yourself. Well, I remember when that. Okay. I, well, I'm yeah. just, I'm just saying from my point of view, you, you like her music and respect her more than I do. I think is what yeah. it is. She relates to uh, there's I mean there are females out there again that that don't necessarily like her but she sold more albums than yeah I mean you can't I numbers mean, don't lie yeah so ball don't lie 
God damn, dude. Remember that shirt uh, that I wanted to make? Yeah. Ball don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> that came out of nowhere. Dude, that yeah. Well, I, it just I mean it it fits. But yeah, I'd say that that's a that's a really great album choice because there was a lot of boldness to that music compared yep. to like her earlier albums. Because when that came out, it kind of got my attention because I think that was back when I still watched the uh, the Grammys and thought it was a good show. And uh, <laughs> yeah, it used to be, I guess, maybe once upon a time. But yeah, I remember she performed a few songs from that and she was, you know, she's a great guitar player live and yep. she's got a really good st- stage presence. Yep. So it, it, it kind of caused a lot of other artists to be inspired as well as the ones that have been around to kind of step up their game. Agreed. So that was your number three? That was my number three. What's your number three? My number three is Listener Supported by Dave Matthews Band. So okay. this is good album. This is the first uh one of the first live albums that came out. And it was a uh, listener supported was like a program with PBS. And so basically what they did is they just went to one of his concerts in New Jersey at the Continental Airlines Arena at the time. Mm-hmm. This was back in ninety nine. And I this was really like my first foray into what is Dave Matthews Band and hearing it live where they'll take a six-minute song and it'll go 12 minutes and there'll just be like an amazing instrumental like yeah, back piece and forth. in the middle. Yeah, and just seeing how talented those musicians are from like Carter Beaufort, best drummer in the world and all that. So Yeah, it's a good album. It's yeah. a real good album. That's what really inspired me to want to just play guitar and, and yeah. get into music heavily. Yeah, see, one of my favorite albums of his is the Live at Red Rocks album. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. That was great, too. Yeah. But this yeah. one, it's like a lot of those songs that were on that are more mature here, and there's right. a lot of, there's like a jazz interlude and all this stuff. Because that was one of his uh, earlier live albums, I'm pretty sure, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Red Rocks was 95. Okay, yeah, so yeah, yep. definitely. Okay, so then my number three, I don't, you'll be familiar with songs on this, but you won't be familiar with the album specifically, is Fleetwood Mac's Rumors. Oh, yeah. This was uh, Dreams Made it was sound on that city. album. Um. The thing I love about Fleetwood Mac in general is that they were... So we ta- already talked about people, certain people being better on drugs than they are sober as far as music goes. This was this album came at a time where there was... So Fleetwood Mac has always been a band that's just been full of drama. They've dated each other. They've, you know... It's still it, drama. Yeah, no, it they is. That's, but it's Buckingham always worked well that yeah, way. Yeah, it has. Yeah, well, I it mean, has. they're going on tour right now. Your parents are going to see them here in a couple weeks. Yep. Or a couple months. I think it's like... I February. mean, Lindsey Buckingham's not on tour. Right, but, but Lindsey Buckingham's but, but not going to be... still... Yeah, that's how this always goes. But yeah. anyway, so at this particular time in the 70s, though, they... I mean, it was so drug-fueled, and it was so, like, party-central. They would, like... They'd go into the studio at, like like three in the afternoon and just party balls all the way until like 11. <laughs> and then they would all just like crash and then they'd start writing music. And it's so raw and just like it's so honest. Like the thing about Fleetwood Mac has always been that it's big and grand and it's got a grand feel to it. Like it's with all the percussion and all the... There's like, a lot of buildup. Yeah, yeah, a lot of buildup. All the like uh, bells and things that Mick Fleetwood yep, uses, yep. all the sim- you know, all the symbols and things he uses. Yeah, it's very so intricate, from, right? Yeah, that, yeah. But it's very, very honest. And it was... And like Stevie Nicks' voice is so tired sounding that it just becomes pure. It's gorgeous. It's an incredible album. There's nothing like Rumors to me. That was the very first album that came to my mind. That was re- literally one of the ones that almost went to number one immediately in my head. Dude, that was a great definition. Yeah, it's a really good album. So that's my number three. Claire, why don't you go to number two? All right, so my number two is one that means a lot to me, and I think it's because it's an album that I got to enjoy very authentically with you. 
Okay. Um, and this is one of the first is this artist is someone I wanted to see in concert for so long. And I feel like we waited forever and we saw him last year and that is Eric church. Yeah. But again, Eric church, I feel like is someone where he's not too twangy for me. He's not, he's more kind of like, I'd say rock country a little bit. It's like a Chris Stapleton type. Yeah. Um, yeah. where he's not just, yeah, the suit. Is he what from you Texas? Think of. No, no, he's like from Carolina. Because you know how the Texas country yep. is kind of like that. Okay, so yeah, the Carolinas might like, be like yeah. that too. Okay, Yeah, like yeah. Appalachia. Cool. Yeah. Um, and just, I think his overall, I think he has a beautiful voice. Yeah. Um, I think his just presence is, I don't know. It just, it always, whenever I listen to him, I just thoroughly enjoy it. And so this album means a lot to me because I think his most notable song that he's known for in general is his song Springsteen. Yep. Which is one of his top songs. Um, you know, it's something I think, you and I bonded over Definitely. a lot um, and the whole album as well. I mean, we even have a poster hanging in our bedroom with the lyric from this song wow. um, just because I think it just, I th- when I think of it, it's just, I think of you. Yeah. Of course. Again, not trying to get mushy her, here or anything. But mine was like number eight though. So we try to be more, sens- more <laughs> sentimental. Yeah. yeah so mine was number eight. Show. So obviously I'm in the shit house here. <laughs> um, but yeah, he gets, he's, he's someone we saw in concert <laughs> last year, and it was we had a ton of fun. And I still like all of his stuff too. But this album in particular is when I first got yeah. a love for him. It's a good album. Um, it's a real it's good just, album. It, I think also I have to tell a little story because one of the songs on here. <laughs> every time I think of it, I just burst out laughing, and it, it takes <laughs> me back to your 25th birthday. Oh Jesus Christ! I was visiting yeah. you in Lubbock. Mm-hmm. Um, we were out with friends and we'd, we'd been drinking since about 6 p.m. and closed, sounds down, about right. closed yeah. down the bars yeah, right. that night. So you can it? imagine what oh, yeah. okay. eight full hours of drinking. And I think <laughs> you're, the drink you drank the entire night was whiskey and Coke. No, no, no. no. Whiskey on the rocks with Whis- a splash okay, of water. Even worse. <laughs> so again, it got to the point where you were, I mean, I, we somehow got home. Um, the, electrici- horrible, the electricity then went out that night. I mean, this is in in July, so heat of the summer. Desert. Electri- in the desert, electricity goes out. I mean, waking up in the middle of the night, extremely hot, still drunk, it's doesn't know what to do. We were like, let's go stand outside. I mean, it was like a blackout, I think, in the yeah. city of Lubbock. Like, yeah, it was somebody so hit like bad. a power transformer. It was down oh, for like two or three days. Wow. And yeah. I mean, so we woke up the next morning and again, just miserable. And I know we're driving to go get some Panda Express. And that's across the town. And literally this song of Eric Church comes on and it's called Jack Daniels. And it basically, that's the line in the song is Jack Daniels kicked my ass again last night. And it is just, yeah. there was nothing more accurate yeah. than us listening to that song. Yeah. And you, I'm, was whipped, I think, I don't know. You were my miserable. Fucking ass, dude. Yeah. It my ass bad. I don't know that you were necessarily drinking Jack Daniels, but it was. No, just, I don't drink Jack Daniels, okay. but whiskey and drill whipped my ass. I yeah. mean, it was. I mean, so every time I hear that song, I just think back to that night in Lubbock, and it's yeah. just, it's hilarious. So. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Love That's it. my number two. Okay. <laughs> uh, number my two? number two is another Dave Matthews band album, uh, Before These Crowded Streets. So this came out in 98. This is their considered their dark album, so it's kind of like their dark side of the moon, if you will. Uh, there, there are a lot of really somber, sad songs on here, uh, such as like The Stone, which is like a guy who's just hoping that this 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 woman he's with you know really loves him or he's in, gonna end up going away alone again um uh, and dreaming tree is definitely one of my favorite songs of his of all time and that one really kind of ties into he had a uh older sister who died unexpectedly in africa 
and uh, this was kind of about that and about that time. So he was kind of going through some times, but but the, this this uh, album has so much depth to it in terms of uh, musically and lyrically that yeah, that's it's one of my favorites. I was always a fan of "Don't Drink the Water." Yeah, it's a good song. So me number two, right? Yep. Kanye West College Dropout. It's my number two. What's on that? So that's got Family Business on it. That's got Through the Wire. Okay. Through the Wire might be one of my favorite songs ever written. Yeah. It's he samples Shaka Khan's Through the Fire and he literally raps the entire song with his jaw wired shut because he was in a car accident. And it is absolutely incredible. It's Kanye at his best. It's Kanye before the Kardashians. We've had that debate a little before bit. Before he went crazy. Yeah, we'll, we'll have that debate on this show another day because that's a debate worth having. Yeah. But nonetheless, Nature he was still really, really damn creative at this point in time. Yeah. This is whenever he was still friends with John Mayer, so he was doing a lot mm-hmm. of classical type stuff. This was Kanye's really, his first big album. And I always think back to this album. So th- this has also got Gold Digger on it, you know, some songs like yeah. that. Um, but I always think back to, I was actually skiing in Colorado listening to this album one time, and it's just one of those that, um, you know, it kind of brings you to a specific moment, and actually brings me to a really funny moment. And if you've been skiing before, at times whenever you're coming into a village, there are signs that will tell you to slow down, because they don't want people just rushing in there. It's dangerous, right? Right, right. And I remember listening to Gold Digger, and I was coming down this huge, you know, uh, black like double black diamond type thing you know so i was going real slow taking my time making sure to be safe and i'm watching these people fly by this sign and i watched this one kid that was just absolutely out of control and dude he just absolutely went flying face first into that slowdown sign (laughs) and man he hit that thing going like 20 miles an hour and i just lost it (laughs) just stopped (laughs) and just like kind of fell over and then just started laughing and I, i remember this playing and just being like wow I'm an asshole, but that was really damn funny. <laughs> Did you go help the poor child? Oh, he was up by the time I even got to him. Okay. But it was just, I mean, he hit that damn thing full speed. <laughs> it's probably better that he did, to be honest with you. Yeah. yeah. It's probably <laughs> better that something stopped it, but it couldn't have felt good. Yeah. No, yeah. no way it felt good. Because like, really, as I saw it like about to unfold, I really thought it was going to be like one of those Bugs Bunny things where it like, oh, boom, yeah. and then, like, right, you know, right. throws him back up yep. or whatever. I didn't know what the hell was about to happen. But yeah. <laughs> so that's what I always think of when I think of that album. Uh, it had Jesus Walks on it, too. That's another really good song. Uh, love that song. That was probably the first song off that, that al- or the first single off that album. The other song that I absolutely love on this is Slow Jams. That's the one with Twista and Jamie Oh, Fox. that's a great song. And Twista absolutely goes off on this thing. Yeah. So Twista is pretty underrated as a rapper. But Oh, yeah. So that's my number two. So, Claire, you want to bring All us right. in with number one? On to Drum my roll. number one. So this one was um, actually pretty easy to name my number one. Because okay. if you had to ask me just to my all-time favorite band artist anything was this would just have to be it because i think everything they've put out i've loved and it is an album that has already been mentioned on this podcast and that would be blink 182 anima of the state nice so again i think they're a band like i said from their very beginning to even stuff that they've put out more recently is someone that I can listen to and I can just jam to. And I feel like it resonates for me younger to me older too. And we've seen them in concert 
great. Several times. Yeah. Several times. Fantastic. But this album in particular, just thinking of all their ones, is probably the most notable one to me. Again, I don't know if it's just, again, from the younger me, but I feel like I can listen to it today and it still holds up. And it's just a lot, a very, a lot of iconic songs. Again, we've already talked about it. Something we ta- didn't talk about is I remember seeing them at Warp Tour at that point in time. Oh, nice. And it was incredible. That was the golden age for Warp Tour. Yeah. Number so, one for you, man. Yeah. Going with the same theme as Claire, it's kind of like you end up having to name your favorite artists and all that stuff. So for me, it's a, a album called The Fragile. It's a double disc album back when we had CDs by Nine Inch Nails. What the hell is a CD? Yeah. So <laughs> this album came out a year after actually Dave's album. Uh, so it came out in 99. But songs like, you know, The Day of the World Went Away to uh, The Wretched to uh, Just Like You Imagined, the the titular song, uh, The Fragile. I mean, there's, there's so many great uh, songs on here that have so many different depth and sonic range, but also just really deep meaning. You know, the fragile is all about like, you love this girl or this person so much, you're not going to let them fall apart. You're going to protect them no matter what happens. You know, yeah. there's just, there's so many, um, you know, strong spiritual things in this, you know, yeah. just about like how much you care and love about someone and, and just sort of a journey inward with yourself. It's a good ass album, man. Yeah. This one was a no brainer for me. Absolutely slam dunk. What even a question. Third Eye Blind, self-titled album. Third yes, Eye Blind. absolutely. Uh, this is an album I can listen to. Every single song on it I absolutely love. Starts with Losing a Whole Year, Narcolepsy, Semi-Charm Life, Jumper, Graduate, How's It Gonna Be? You know, you skip forward a little bit to my Motorcycle Drive-By, God of Wine, might be one of my favorite songs. Yeah. Uh, but this album in general, Motorcycle Drive-By, has some of the best build-up there is. Stephen Jenkins is an absolute genius. He's a creative genius that's well beyond everybody else. He works just on an absolute different level. He's fired every single person in Third Eye Blind at least three or four times. Like He's turned over that band so many times, which actually kind of sucks because we saw them, what was that, last summer for their 20th yeah. anniversary of this album. Yeah. And it was cool because, so we've seen them a couple of times, but they played this album start to finish, which was awesome, but they also mixed some of their other stuff in there, like Never Let You Go and wounded and some songs like that which was great but we also saw them another time before that at like a saint patty's day thing down in lower greenville in dallas and it was just a hodgepodge of all their songs and it was just absolutely incredible i mean nice. he, he doesn't miss he's he's so talented and i lo- i've loved every single third eye blind album there's been but there's nothing like this one yeah it's i wore it out i had to buy a second copy of it came out in 1997 it's an incredible album that will always be my number one i don't think i don't see that ever changing it's just so honest. Yeah, that's a that's a really great one. Yep. That was the top 10 albums. That was fun. That was a lot that of fun. Was yeah. Fun. Yeah, that was absolutely yeah. fun. Well, Claire, we want to thank you for joining us. Absolutely. Yeah, you'll have to come back on the show here. You'll have to come back for this Kanye Kardashian debate. I'll have a lot of input on that as I am an avid uh, Kardashian watcher, viewer, Instagram follower, you name it. So, I'll have some input. Love it. We know what that sound means. It's time for us to get out of here. We want to thank everyone for joining us for this edition of Sensibly Loud Radio. If you love the show, make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends and family. Make sure to follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course at SensiblyLoud.com. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you next time for another edition of Sensibly Loud Radio. Sensibly Loud Radio.